0: Hello, folks, Colm Kelly here from Rotoviz Overtime, a podcast I host along with Sean Siegel. And in just a little moment, we'll jump straight into the podcast. Before we do so, I want to let you know, as a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% of a Rotoviz NFL pass right now on the Rotoviz.com website. It gives you access to all of our content and tools. and sets you up perfect for the NFL season. All you have to do is add the code 2020 rvradio at checkout or by going to Rotovis.com forward slash podcast for more information. And of course while you're listening to the podcast on the network helps us out a lot if you can write and review on your favorite podcast app i really do appreciate that as i mentioned at the start wrote of his overtime with sean siegel twice a week if you haven't already checked it out be sure to do so after this show but let's get straight into it enjoy the podcast
1: What's up, guys? Welcome into another edition of Bogey Free. I'm your host, Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Matt TFR, And we are bringing back the solo show this week. I'm going to go through uh, my lineup review, which will obviously include the cash locks. And then we are going to go ahead and talk a little bit about the game theory piece that I put up uh, today. Hopefully, you've already seen it. Um, officially now we are behind the pga stuff is behind the paywall at rotoviz so uh, make sure that you are signed up so you have access to all the tools the uh, article each week the ownership projections everything is going to be behind the paywall if you uh, if you would like to sign up and you haven't done so already uh, go ahead and use the code bogey free all lowercase and uh, it'll give you uh, a little bit of a discount down from 12.99 a month to 9.99 a month, or if you uh, want to just lock in the rest of the season, using that code will get you the rest of the year for 34, which uh, comparatively to a lot of other sites, I think is a pretty big bargain um, between the model, like I said, the ownership projections, the content, the optimizer, um, and some of the other cool tools that we have uh, live on Rotoviz right now. So, uh, hopefully, you'll consider signing up. If not, I, you know, I will obviously be talking about a lot of my thoughts uh, on the podcast each week. Evan will join me tomorrow to discuss the actual slate for the travelers, but we are going to uh, first jump into the lineup review. So, our two cash locks last week were Tony Finau uh, at eighty-two hundred and Victor Hovland at 7,600. Finau started off pretty hot on Thursday, um, but he couldn't really sustain it. That's kind of been uh, his hallmark lately. It's been sort of an inconsistent effort. Uh, So hopefully he'll get that straightened out soon, but he did still make the cut. Uh, He put up 87.5 DraftKings points and uh, finished in a tie for 33rd place. So not, not the greatest... Uh, outcome for a cash lock but again we're, we're making cuts right in the middle of the pack there uh, I think we will we will take that more often than not um, Hovland on the other hand at 7600 uh, really thought that he was just significantly underpriced even with a strong field um, he he has immense upside and is obviously a supremely talented young golfer right now he uh, he carded three eagles, which helped his uh, DraftKings scoring quite a bit. He ended up breaking hundred DraftKings points despite being outside of the top twenty. Uh, he was he finished in twenty first, but still to score hundred DraftKings points and uh, you know not be in the the top five or ten is usually a pretty a, a pretty uh, high end of your ceiling outcome. Um, so that was good to see the uh, so far this season we've had 18 out of the 20 cash locks make the cut and about two thirds of those golfers have finished in the top 25. again if you're if this is your first time listening and you're not totally familiar the the general rules for the cash lock are um between the two salaries. I always make sure that it averages out to under eighty three hundred dollars, which is about the average for uh, each spot. I never pick any five K uh, or I'm sorry, not five K five figure golfers. Um, so never anybody at 10 K or up. And, um, they're, they're guys that I feel pretty confident on and am willing to go up to a hundred percent exposure if I'm building uh, a bunch of lineups, but basically just two of my favorite plays that aren't always the most, uh, the most obvious, like it'll never be one of the top six uh, or seven price guys in the field. So, hopefully, that helps you out a little bit. The average scoring for that group so far is over seventy-five DraftKings points. Which, if you can, if you can pencil in hundred fifty DraftKings points from two of your guys, and not cost yourself uh, much as far as average salary, I think that that's a, that's a pretty good start each week. So. Hopefully you've been following along with those. If you haven't, uh, go ahead and uh, consider to, you know, start. Um, So those were the first two guys that I locked into my lineup this past week. Uh, The most owned golfer overall in my lineup, uh, again, I only played one lineup this week, was Patrick Reed. He was $8,800 and he was uh, just over 26% owned. Uh, he He just never really got anything going um he had like a a decent streak on the back 9 on Friday where you kind of saw you know why I <laughs> why I wanted him to be in my lineup uh but you know 6 or 7 good holes of golf is not going to make you uh get into any cuts and play the weekend so uh he finished tied for 110th and only scored 30 DraftKings points so he he kind of blew it for me um just from from a lineup perspective, I already mentioned Hoblin uh, broke a hundred points. He scored one hundred two DraftKings points. The most expensive guy that I played was Justin Thomas. He was up at ten thousand nine hundred. He was the uh, second most expensive guy in the field behind Rory. And outside of his his first round, which he he was one over, and it looked like that was it looked like that was kind of going to be a disaster. Um he ended up going 66 66 63 uh through the rest of the tournament finished in a tie for 8th place and scored 111 DraftKings points so that's definitely uh that's definitely a solid outcome for him uh after starting out he came into Friday outside of the top 100 in the tournament so um i think we can uh we can we can feel pretty grateful that uh that he ended up figuring it out and playing pretty well down the stretch there he was the obviously the cover boy um, so it, it's always nice when when those guys do well and finish in the top 10 um, just to uh, make me feel a little bit better even though I bricked with these lineups this week um, the two lower priced darts that I played to be able to get up to Justin Thomas were Bez at 7200 and Harry Higgs at 6900 they were both 2% Uh, owned or lower but they had scored well in the power ranking model so I you know I obviously wanted to get them in in the lineup uh Bez had a shot at a top 20 finish but he uh ended up I think it was 17 that he bogeyed and that pushed him that pushed him out of there and he ended up tied for 28th uh but did score 95 DraftKings points because he had uh, a couple of bonuses he had a, a birdie streak and he also had all four rounds um, under 70 which was nice. Um, Higgs was like I said 6900 and he just he couldn't get that like very low round. He went 69 68 70 68 so he just never he never really got the the uh, the puts to fall uh, consecutively and it ended up um, it ended up with a so-so performance from him scoring only 70 and a half DraftKings points. Before we jump into the uh, the game theory piece that posted today over at Rotaviz, I do want to tell you guys about our presenting sponsor, Online. There is no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, BetOnline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and Bet Online is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all PGA, UFC, NASCAR, boxing, soccer matches, um, if you need more action, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and even some UFC stuff going on every day on their website. If you're looking for something other than sports, they have casino games, they have poker tournaments. Um, I've played a bit in the in their poker uh, rooms, and there's some there's some good action to be had there. Uh, and obviously, they have prop bets and everything else you could think of. So make sure you visit BetOnline.ag. Use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word, BLUEWIRE. And uh, they'll hook you up and get you started. That's Bet Online, your online wagering experts. All right. So I wanted to talk a little bit about uh, the Game Theory article that posted today. I'm going to go through uh, each of the salary ranges at, over the next couple of weeks. Today was the 9500 and up range. Um, just real quick, we, we do a lot of this work here at Rotoviz. whether we're talking about figuring out roster construction with some of the tools that Mike Beers put together for the site, um, just trying to find an edge through, uh, through structure basically. Right. So, um, I've been sort of bouncing back and forth with Blair, uh, if you know Blair, he's one of the editors here, and obviously, um, for my money, one of one of the sharper writers that we have in the industry when it comes to fantasy football. Um, we have been going back and forth with this article for a little bit, and I wanted to figure out a way to sort of quantify what, um, what ownership and uh, salary and performance, how they're all tied together. We're pretty aware. Um, if you've played golf before, uh, PGA, DFS, that is, or actually regular, <laughs> real golf too, um, you kind of know that there's uh, there's a lot of randomness, right? There there's a bad bounce here, a bad bounce there. Uh, a guy comes in and his back stiffens up on a mid round. There's all sorts of different things that can affect a golfer's performance, um, and. To be totally honest, we don't we don't have the luxury um, that a lot of other sports do when it comes to trying to predict and project golfers because of this variance. Um, And obviously, you know, you we have to make the cut. We have to we have to do all of these things just to even get four rounds out of our golfers. And then we're picking six guys at a time to all do that at the same time, which obviously introduces quite a bit of luck and variance and however you want to state that it is what it is but it, there's there's a lot that has to go right for you to get a six of six lineup through even in a week like this week where um i believe if you looked at cut sweats um the six to six percentages were uh like hovering between like eight to ten percent ish um even on a week like that just because you built 20 lineups and threw them in the birdie doesn't mean that you are just like a lock to have a couple of six to six lineups. Like it's, it, it really, you can go sideways because of being overexposed to one guy. Um, and in other sports, we just don't have to really worry about this, right? Like you think about NFL DFS, um, if Christian McCaffrey doesn't, uh, you know, has 2.8 yards per carry, and dropped a pass in the first quarter it doesn't mean that he doesn't get to play the second half (laughs) in in golf if you if you have a guy who's not playing well for the first quarter you know or the first round basically there's a chance that he's not playing the weekend and you're at a significant disadvantage at that point um because you know you're just not getting you're not getting any like any floor of scoring from those guys so it's pretty important um, to understand all of that before we even begin to worry about game theory, uh, and how to, how to build lineups. The reason why game theory is so important is because of all that variance. So we have, uh, we have a few years of data to look at. I looked back for the past few seasons back to the start of 2018. I only took full field events, um, that had a cut so your WGC type events um, exhibitions things like the hero world challenge those I I don't think that that's there's a good um, you know one-to-one comparison to be had there so I I excluded them I may go back to it and do a specific uh, game theory you know no cut event specific piece but um, for now it's excluding all of that so what, what I basically do in this uh, this week's piece is take a look at the $9,500 and up range. So what does ownership even look like in that range, right? Are we are we always looking at guys that are going to see 20% ownership? How does it all break down? So basically, I took four different groups. Um, I took every golfer that was 9500 or more in any of these events that we're talking about. And I broke it up into four separate groups based on their ownership. The top group I called Mega Chalk. That's basically 20% owned and up. Uh, then the next level down was just regular chalk, you know, owned guys. That uh, kind of falls between 14 and 20%. Then the medium owned guys were between about 108 and 14%. And then low owned was below 10%. So any guy that you could get uh, essentially at single digit ownership with the like 0% owned guys cut out for obvious reasons. Because we we don't want to include golfers that aren't owned at all because there's probably a reason for that. Whether it's a withdraw, but they still were in the player pool and and different things like that. So basically, we're looking at uh, sort of... 14% 14% being that cutoff between, um, you know, higher owned and lower owned. And we've seen golfers in this range actually push like close to 50%. Dustin Johnson, a couple of years ago, uh, during the Genesis open was 46% owned across, um, the main single entry three entry mat or 20, 20 entry max and one hundred fifty max. So you're, you're definitely, uh, you're definitely going to find some super chalk uh in this in this range and really the question then becomes are we any good at deciding who is getting all of that ownership like if we as a community and this is definitely community driven cuz podcasts, articles, shows everything drive ownership right the more that we're talking about somebody in the industry the more people who are listening are likely to click on those golfers names when they're building lineups whether it's on purpose and uh you know whether you're doing it because your favorite uh podcast host or whatever said that they're a good play or if it's just subconscious sometimes right like you you hear a name enough you see it scrolling twitter enough and you're gonna land on that guy at some point so are we any good at this if we were the highest owned guys would score the most DraftKings points. The lowest owned guys would score the least DraftKings points, and we could all, you know, frolic on our unicorns and fly over the rainbow and everything else. Obviously, that's not. This is not necessarily the case. We we are not good at this. Um, I broke up the performance of this entire price range, not thinking about um, not thinking about ownership. Uh, but just 9,500 and up an 80th percentile outcome, 97 DraftKings points. The average score was 73 DraftKings points and the floor, uh, which is like a 20th percentile outcome is 42 DraftKings points. I'm not going to go through all of the numbers. If you want to, if you want to see each, uh, each thing broken down individually, you can definitely check out the article, um, but basically, in this range, you're really looking at super thin margins um, for a ceiling outcome. I really am only focused on a ceiling outcome because we're talking about ownership, we're talking about GPPs on DraftKings specifically. And if you're doing, if you're trying to get at that top like one percent finish, or really like 0505 percent finish to win a GPP you're going to have to hit these ceilings, right? If you're doing that, you need to take chances and you need to uh, just simply avoid the chalk in this range. Like this week was a great example. Um, we had Sung Im was the highest owned golfer in the 9,500 and up range. And guess what? He goes ahead and misses the cut. Now, obviously, I'm not sitting here saying that that one instance proves all of this but this has been you know fleshed out over the past couple of years and this is how it breaks down there's going to be weeks where the the high priced high owned golfers hit and hit big and if you're if you're playing the game theory angle um you know you're going to you're going to have some weeks where this misses um but you can't really expect to just turn a profit in gpp's By hitting floor outcomes and hoping for the best so really the focus should be their ceilings and um it it just it just simply isn't worth uh eating all of that expensive chalk every week um as long as you're as long as you're managing your bankroll the right way and you are um you know, really paying attention to ownership projections, you're going to come out on top by avoiding those high-owned guys. So hopefully that makes a little bit of sense. Obviously, if you have questions um, or you want to hear sort of look at sort of a deeper dive at this, you can definitely check out the article over at Rotovis right now. Don't forget, if you uh, are not already a member, you can use the code free and get that discount that we talked about at the top so that you can – Uh, see everything for yourself check out the optimizer Um, but I think that's gonna that's gonna do it for this week Uh, hopefully you enjoyed like I said you can always reach out I'm on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR and I'm always willing to talk about this stuff so we will see you tomorrow Uh, I'll be back with Evan to talk about the Travelers Championship and uh, yeah good luck and we will talk soon